0: Well. Hi, everyone. Camille here from Camille's Cafe, Renovation Training, Sanford and Oka, all the things. And today I have joining me, Kelly Anderson and Kelsey Ekdahl with me as well. And today we are going to have an awesome conversation in regards to getting some different perspectives on kind of an interesting topic of, you know, wanting change. And then how do we bridge that gap between wanting change and creating change and kind of All of the things that go around with creating a massive action in your, or massive change in your life and really living to your truest potential, I guess. Um, So, I really wanted to open up this podcast with a quote from a book that I had just finished that really um, held true to me. And I think it's a really good thing that um, people are going to want to try to embody to the best of their ability. So, this is from the book Untamed. Each of us was born to bring forth something that has never existed a way of being, a family, an art, idea, community, something brand new. We are here to fully introduce ourselves, to impose ourselves and our ideas and thoughts and dreams onto the world, leaving it changed forever by who we are and what we bring forth from our depths. So, Kelly, do you want to start us off with the first prompt? And we will go from there.
1: Yeah, you know, what's interesting is when you read that quote, what I hear is that everyone has a gift, Mm -hmm. right? But most people don't know what that gift is inside of them or that they have the strength to change their lives, right? Mm -hmm. So I think fundamentally that's the underlying issue, that people don't know that, and that's kind of like leads right into the topic that we're going to talk about today, right? Because I think a lot of people – so I will say that – Um, Camille, you're my trainer, right? Mm -hmm. And Kelsey is a trainer, and both of you are amazing at what you do. And I am a trainee, right? So I have lived a fitness journey, and I myself have lost 100 pounds, right? Mm -hmm. Not a small feat, right? When you think of that number, that's a big number. Mm -hmm. And it took a long time. It took a really long time. And so, what I want to get is, I think, your guys' perspective. For one, I think most people think trainers have it all figured out, and that you don't have struggles like the rest of us do, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And like, really, and then I want to talk about that from like your perspective. Like, people come to you for help, and how do you um, talk to people about their want of getting fit or losing fat, gaining muscle, whatever it is that x factor is um how do you balance trying to help them against their apathy for actually doing the work right like how so somebody comes to you and says i want to lose 50 pounds and they have all of this stuff in their head of 21 day fix fat burners cleanses um Every year, every January, like I still, I'm one of those people, right? Like I pick up the people magazine because they lost half their size and I want to know how they lost half their size. And I read that in a paragraph and I'm like, Oh, well that seems easy.
0: Right. But it Not. took a year to do.
1: Right. Exactly. And so when someone <laughs> comes to you guys, how do you start picking up their mindset of, Setting, trying to move them into a, a path of success. Of this is what you want, and this is where you want. This is where you are, and let's talk about how we're going to bridge that gap.
0: Like, where do you start? I think I actually did. I did this yesterday um, with a new client initial consultation. Uh, what ended up happening was an insane amount of information was dumped upon this this f- woman. Um, Because I feel very strongly that this isn't something, this isn't a quick fix. It's, you have to be ready to turn your life inside out and upside down. It doesn't have to be hard. It doesn't have to be painful. It probably will be at times. But I try to give people the most realistic big picture as I can. So they come to me looking for training, right? They don't know exactly how long they want to be with me. Or for whatever. And I'll say, you know, I'll train you for however long it makes sense for us to train. But realistically, like, a year to a year and a half is going to be the most realistic amount of time to create a significant change that is going to last. Any less than that, like, it's just, you don't get as much out of it, I guess, from a big picture standpoint, as if, like, it's just, if the smaller it is, the shorter lived it's going to be. The longer you expect it to take, the more likely you're going to actually create lasting change, and you'll become a different person out of it. Um, so it's I. It, you have to start from the first day you meet someone and just break it down and explain to them that this is going to be a very long process, and all that I require from you is to not give up, and we will find a way that works for you. Like I. There isn't a one option that works perfectly for every single client. Um, That's what I'm learning more and more. The more clients that I work with is there is not a one size fits all. There is a one size fits most approach. Absolutely. Um, But there are different ways to achieve the same results. Um, And so being able to have someone's commitment, be able to, okay, well, this is going to be something that we're going to be doing for a long time. Uh, I just need to know that you're committed to this and you're just not going to give up and you're going to keep trusting me and keep moving through the process and just, I have to know what's happening in order to do my job. That's the really the biggest thing, I guess. Um, Kelsey, yep. what, what would you say? How do you approach a client from that initial standpoint of trying to make sure those expectations are going to be realistic?
2: So um, the first thing, and this is probably one of the greatest things that I learned from trainers who mentored me, is is you have to dig deep into their why. You know, why do you really want this? Because if you want this from um, – vanity to me is um, such a surfacey thing, and I really try and go deeper than that. Like, yeah, we all want to look good, but that's not going to be enough emotionally to drive you to do the things that you don't want to do on a daily basis. And we're all like that. Um, you know, we all, even as trainers, we all have things that we don't want to do, but we do them anyways. And that's so finding a deeper purpose behind it from the get go and like making sure that they understand like, what's the real root cause of why, you came to me and why you decided you want to change. And sometimes it's deeper than they even understand it. And so, like, that's my job is to kind of help pull that out of them mm-hmm. and pull out those kind of um, deep rooted issues that um, they don't want to admit to themselves. I mean, we say it all the time as trainers, we're underpaid therapists, right? Mm-hmm. And I love what I do from that mental aspect of it because. Um, that's where true change happens Mm -hmm. is in the mind and in the heart first versus in the body. Mm -hmm. Um, and then the other big thing that I would say is from the get go, I want to know that, um, they're willing to completely surrender their current state of living forever. It's not a, okay, we're going to do this for, you know, three months or we're going to do this for a year. And then they have it in their heads that, oh, I get to go back to normal, right? This is, there's no such thing as normal. It's going to be your new normal. And, and yeah, you're going to have to sacrifice some of the things that you're currently comfortable with if this is the thing that you really want. But trying to get them to understand that, like, you're comfortable here, but you're not happy here. Right. Mm -hmm. And so we need to make changes to make you comfortable in a different setting so that you can actually be happy with your life and be able to live a healthy, fulfilling life. But just kind of pulling out of that comfort zone and realizing that there is no going back to this state because you're not happy at this state. And so it's going to look completely different and you're going to have to figure out a way to be okay with that. Um, that's kind of the brutal truth of it is, is there's really no, there's no both. There's there's not a good happy medium between having what you want and being where you're at. There's always a progression from it. So I'd say those two things are the big things to kind of set in place right away. And those are the big things that I've kind of been, you know, digging into my clients more and more recently is, is what's your big why, and are you truly willing to move from your place of comfort right here to a better place that's going to kind of
1: be a, a scary change, but it's going to be worth it in the end?
0: I think can that's I, wait,
1: Can I jump in here real quick? Absolutely. Because Camille knows this fundamentally. Like, I've, I have struggled personally. I still kind of struggle with finding the why right? Mm-hmm. Like, I know the power, logically, I know the power of the question, mm-hmm. but for the longest time, I really didn't know my why, mm-hmm. right? And, but I just knew, I, fundamentally, I just knew I, I needed to, and I wanted to make a change in my life. And so, I know you said, I heard you say, like, you dig into that, like, how do you do that, or how would someone do that for themselves? Um, because I know there are other people out there like me that, and then I like I felt stupid for the longest time because I'm like, I, I don't know what my why is, but everybody else did. Mm-hmm. So how do you dig into that for people that are like in my boat?
2: That's a great question. Um, and you are absolutely true. I run into a lot of people that just don't, they don't have a legit answer for that. So I guess the couple of things that I would say to that is number one, Um, One of the first places I go back to is the place where they can remember, like, you kind of have that, like, aha moment, like, okay, I'm going to contact this person, right? I'm going to contact this trainer. I'm going to set up a consult. I'm going to do this. And I kind of want them to take me back into that state. I want to know what happened. I want to know how they felt. I want to know all those things because those triggers can kind of give us a little bit of evidence as to potentially what their why was like maybe maybe it was um you know they were standing in front of the mirror in their swimsuit and like they had like completely hit rock bottom right and they're like okay I have to make a change right and so you get on to social media where you saw this post about this trainer someone and you reached out and that kind of thing um so we already know that like the the body image identity is an important thing to them and so you kind of just bunny down that trail right Mm -hmm. or um, maybe you're you're sitting with a family member and they're super sick and you're like okay um this scares the hell out of me right and so I need to make a change and so you go home and you contact somebody so then we bunny down that trail okay so why is health so scary to you type thing Mm. so kind of just taking them back to that point and granted the the contacting part is you know, time and time again of kind of rolling over like, okay, should I do this? Should I do this? Should I do this? But really um, it's, it's a breaking point that really is a good tell as to whether or not um, that was really your why and really your um, important like thing that got you to what was that um, biggest
0: emotional pull.
2: Yeah. Yeah. What was the tipping point Mm -hmm. on the scales? And then the other thing too that I've told a couple of my clients is, your why can change as you change, right? So your why can shift from different um, parts of your life. Um, I know mine has. My why has changed dramatically from when I was in college and did my first bodybuilding show to um, now as a trainer, just, um, you know, kind of doing my thing. My why changes as to um why I continue to do the habits that I have and why it continues to be important to me. And so I think recognizing too that your mindset can shift and your why can shift with you um, so that you don't get so stuck on, well, why doesn't that feel important to me? Mm -hmm. You know, maybe it's not anymore and that's okay. Maybe you've moved on from that part of your life and you are now in a different state where, you know, maybe before it was, I didn't feel comfortable um, in my relationship and I really wanted to change because like I want to feel good about myself in that relationship, right? Or maybe now it's now you have kids and you want to be there for your kids for a long time. That's a completely different why. Um, so recognizing that it can shift is another huge thing I would say.
0: Yeah, mine shifts a lot depending on what my goal is in reference to where I'm trying to move my weight. If I'm trying to move it down, if I'm trying to hold the same, if I'm trying to bring it up, my habits are very, very different amongst all of those. Uh, My biggest frustration that I run into a lot with clients is hearing the vocalization of I want this. I want my body to be different. I want to feel healthier. I want to have more energy. I want to lose the weight. But then their eating habits don't follow suit. Their drinking water habits don't follow suit. To me, that says then you don't really want it. You haven't aligned what you wanted and you haven't leveraged that emotional desire to put it on. I mean, to me, it's like, okay, if that that reason why starts to trickle away, then maybe, I don't know, do you need to put a swimsuit on every day and give yourself a good look down and keep that as your focus to keep you keep the blinders on and keep you moving forward? I It's really an unpopular opinion to, you know, encourage people to, look at themselves naked in the mirror, I feel. Um, But I do think for depending on the person could be a really powerful way to keep you moving in the right direction. And I honestly, I don't think a lot of people, I think a lot more people steer clear away from mirrors, away from scales to some extent to protect themselves from having to face reality, even though their actions. And I definitely see the different challenges that, you know, you are going to be doing the right things, and that scale is not going to look right every single day, and that body's not going to change overnight. So, I, I see that serving a purpose if we continue to fall off track. If we're on track, just trust the process and keep looking ahead. But, and Kelly, I'll be interesting to hear your perspective on how often you looked at the mirror um, at the very start of your journey, and how has that shifted for you now? Um, and same for maybe weighing yourself, if that was relevant. Could you share with us? Yeah, that's
1: totally. It's really funny because um, if I look back over two and a half years on my camera, just looking at my camera roll, I can see the progression in the clothes that I wore to the gym,
0: right? Mm-hmm.
1: Like in the beginning, it was more coverage, right? Mm-hmm. And never, ever did I ever think that I would wear like a cutoff shirt or a tank or anything like that, right? And then of course now, like Fast forward two and a half years or almost three years later, it's tights mm-hmm. and tank tops, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, hell yeah. But even like what I what I find interesting is that I when I look back over the camera roll and I see points where I was like, I remember being like taking a selfie as in the gym and being like, i look badass today. And I look at that picture now and I'm like, oh, I still had a lot of work to do. But... I felt so good in that moment. And I think the documentation of that is is really key um, to go back and remember that. And then I, I, mean, and I remember people being like, you look amazing. Like I could look at the post and people were like, you look amazing. And at the time I felt amazing, uh-huh. but I had to keep progress- progressing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so like in the beginning, like it was like the most coverage. I didn't want to get on the scale. I didn't want to give like my with my trainer with I was like wait you wouldn't you want to know my weight like I don't even want to know my weight so I don't want to give that number to you because it's a really big number mm-hmm. um, but I had to right you have to step off step off the cliff in order to let your trainer help you and one of the things that I promised myself very early on and I I think everybody needs to do this if you go in it you have to be a thousand percent honest with your trainer, right? Cause they can't help you if you lie. First of all, I know, I mean, they know like something will be off yeah. if you continue yeah. to like either not lose weight, but you say you're crushing it at the gym and you're eating all the right food, like something's wrong. You need to be, which forces you to be honest with yourself. So I think that is um, the other side of the coin is visual aspect of either looking at yourself or whatever but you need to get inside your own head and make an agreement with yourself that if I really want to make a change then I have to change so I want to add uh I want to add three things
2: to those two things so um for Kelly's response I think that is so awesome number one um that I think it's important for, uh, yes, people to be honest with themselves, um, but more so just to, just to see, like, you have to see the reality, kind of like what you were talking about, Camille, you have to, you have to look at yourself as is, and like, really just let it kind of soak in, because, like, I've been guilty of this, I've been guilty of kind of just being like, no, I'm okay, you know, like, You kind of just like put it off and you imagine better than Mm -hmm. what the reality is. And so it's good to reality check yourself for sure. But the other thing that you said where you had a point in your journey where you saw yourself as awesome, but knew that you still had like a ways to go. That is my biggest thing that I want all my clients to do is find the balance between Being content in who you are and being proud of what you've done, but still knowing that there is progress to be made. Mm -hmm. That's a very tough thing to have that moment of contentment and moment of happiness in what you have accomplished and really kind of separating your progress from who you are as a person. That's a huge thing to do because you as a person have always been awesome. You always will be. That will never change but you can better yourself physically and mentally and all that kind of stuff to become a better version of yourself. That doesn't make it um, that you started out as not good. And that's a big distinction between, um, I think, the, the physical way to look mm-hmm. at it and the mental, like, internal way to look at it, which is so important. And then the last thing I wanted to add um, with the um, – the motivation thing. So like what Camille said, like if your why isn't strong enough, like it's it's not going to create the desire to change. But another thing I want to add to that, which like completely changed my perspective after reading that Atomic Habits book, mm. is how much our habits can truly derail even a super motivated person. And so some of the things that I've kind of been um, paying attention to now is like, Like, and and now that we're home, like, we can really assess all of the different habits that we have that derail us. So, like, for example, like, I've noticed if I sit on a certain part of the couch, it triggers me to want to go snack on something. Like, as, like, small as that is, right? Like, or if I'm in, like, a certain part of the house, like, I'll be triggered to go do something. Like, it's just so weird how we become so habitual and those habits can cause us to fall off track even when our motivation is strong because it's, it's a subconscious thing. Mm -hmm. Um, So I, I would say the big, the big things that people need to do if they really want change is number one, you need to find your strong motivation, your why, but number two, you need to completely change how you do life, especially in your home because your home is your center where you spend a lot of your time. And so like, if you know that sitting down on the couch means you're going to binge watch something and snack mindlessly, you probably need to find a new place to sit in the house for a while because that is what's going to truly cause the change in like the things that you normally do. Or like if you're used to like scrolling on social media while you're laying in bed and you spend hours and hours on that, you're not getting your sleep. Maybe you need to leave your phone in the kitchen for a while and you know that your bedroom is your sleeping place. Like those are the types of things that have to be put in place for not only the change to happen first, but for it to sustain long-term. Because if you go back into, like we we commit to the change, right? And we we tell the trainer that, yes, I want to change and I'm going to do all this stuff, but we still walk through the grocery store the same. We still sit on the couch the same. We still, um, you know, put our – our workout clothes in the bottom drawer and put our comfy clothes in the top drawer type thing. Like all that stuff matters. And so like starting to make those small changes is Has made the world of difference. I know for me, and just talking with my clients and stuff, and helping them to realize that this is why you're sabotaging yourself, and you don't know why. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. so I think that's another important thing too. That is
0: the changes in
1: the micro moments.
0: Absolutely, that is. I think think, where the secret sauce happens. I think you have to have that left field. You have to look inside. You have to find your why, but. No, change isn't going to happen until that rubber meets the road. And this is the area where I just nerd out on the tactical, tangible life hacks. There are a certain set of rules that are uni- like across the board in terms of how humans work. How your brains are designed to function based on survival instincts. And once you're aware of what a lot of those are, or you don't even have to be aware of them, but most trainers are... Uh, There's a lot of human psychology that goes around into how we make our decisions and simply changing the environment in which we're in makes the decision making easier and less fatiguing and all of that stuff. So it's about how do you leverage good behavior and good as in getting you closer towards your goals, right? There's not good or bad behavior. It's just whether it lines up with your current goal or not. Um, But how do you incentivize yourself consistently? in, you know, healthy ways to get yourself to do things. That was one thing I was talking to my roommates about, how, like, when I'm in go mode, I don't not watch TV, like, I'm not... uh, But I only watch TV when I'm foam rolling, because foam rolling is something I don't enjoy doing, but I know that I should do it. And YouTube is something that I love doing, but don't have an actual need for it in my life. From a physical standpoint, so if I only ever watch YouTube, and that's the real trick... Cause you can't just say, I'll watch YouTube when I do my foam rolling. No, make it only available to you when you're doing something you don't want to do or cardio or folding the laundry, right? So you in- double incentivize yourself. You get a reward immediately if you do that good behavior. So that takes something that's a very delayed gratification act- activity like cardio or foam rolling and gives you instant gratification it's working with your brain rather than against it. So now you don't have to feel like you're just exhausting your willpower and feeling like this is so hard to be able to put off my needs for later. No, just re-incentivize yourself. I'm a big habit stacker. Kelly is the opposite. So I'll be curious to see what she has. But I do know that she is a big fan of like the tactical, tangible, procedural steps of rolling, executing a plan basically is like how you can think of it. You need the feelies and you need the touchies. You need to be able to have a plan and roll it out and find out what's snagging up. And then how do you problem solve to insert uh, solutions into your daily routines that are already kind of cooking along. I don't have a question or anything. That's just where it ends. (laughs) (laughs) Anyone what got else you got, one,
1: Kelly? Okay. <laughs> well, what is interesting? We have about ten minutes left here. Like, um, what's interesting, Kelsey, is you said you. I wrote down the statement that you said you have always been awesome, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, separating everything else out, like fundamentally, you've always been awesome. Most people who come to trainers don't think they're awesome. It's true. Most of them are broken. How do you convince them they are worthy? Of the work to make to pull out that awesome like what do you how do you how do you counsel that how do you start with that conversation that
2: is a great question Um, I think part of it is helping them to look at at things that you don't typically look at right I I think when, well, when we, when we, when somebody comes to a trainer, right, and, um, and I, and I tell them that they're awesome, right, um, they immediately look to the outward, right, they're like, well, look at me, I don't look very awesome, and so getting them to look past this is, is really the trick, it's, it's really tough, but, like, um, I, I try and dig into things that maybe they don't think about, right, like, um, for example, um, so you have a you have a uh, single mom who comes to you and they're really really struggling. Um, they haven't put themselves first. Um, they're you know incredibly overweight. They're totally unhappy, all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, okay, so yes, we have a lot of work to do. But I need you to know that what you are is separate from what you live in, right? The body that you live in is separate from who you are and like digging into the fact that, hey, you're a single mom and you're raising kids. That is incredibly challenging and you're doing it, right? Like you are living that life and you are doing it and you're raising beautiful kids. That's not easy. And that's like a part of the strength that you have within you, regardless of how your body looks, right? Like, I, I couldn't imagine being a single mom and raising kids like that is so incredibly challenging to do. And they don't give themselves enough credit for literally getting through each day. Like that is so important. Right. And like, you know, you I, I try and talk about things like, um, you know, when you. When you go to a friend's house, right, and you're hanging out and, like, maybe they're really struggling, are you the type of person that's really good at sitting and listening to them and encouraging them? So, like, going into the different kind of, like, more virtue slash, like, internal gifts that people have that they don't recognize or don't realize because they're so focused on wanting to change the outside, like, that's the type of stuff that makes people special and that makes them um, super awesome. It's not... It doesn't always reflect out here, but it doesn't mean that it doesn't exist, and that's the type of thing that is truly going to help you to sustain long-term change. Like for me, um, when I kind of really did some soul searching and stuff, um, because as a bodybuilder, and I'll kind of dive in because you said, you know, there's we have struggles too, right? You know, as a bodybuilder, I struggled for a long time with. My body image and wanting to be small and shredded, but then you get what I thought to be fat and thick and fluffy, and then you go up and down and up and down. And, and my mission through that was, because I knew I was doing it, but my mission through that was to really try and separate who I was from what my body looked like. And I really started to focus more on the fact that I love that I'm a good listener, And I love that I'm an encourager of people. And I love that I can see the good in others. And I love that I have a desire to help people and that kind of thing. So those are the things that separate who I am from what I do and from what I look like. And once I really started to get a hold of and focus on those types of things, the other stuff doesn't really matter to me anymore. Like. Yeah, I'm not even close to stage ready, but I don't really care. Like, I love how I am right now, and that's totally okay with me. Um, But if I never got to that point, it really doesn't matter what I look like because I'll always be unhappy. I've been 7%, you know, body fat on stage and completely unhappy with the way I looked, right? And I've been all the way up on the other side. Um, I've never been like super overweight, but when you gain and lose 30 to 40 pounds in prep It's kind of the same thing like Mm -hmm. you're visually you think like that. So um, I would say that Kind of just digging into more of the virtues of who people are um, That was that was a big game changer for a lot of my people and getting their eyes
1: off of the way they look
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) is a huge
1: Uh, I I felt like wrapping in about five minutes Camille, I wanted to ask you the yes. kind of the same question because I'm gonna play devil's advocate. Yep, right? Folk. I'm like I would the average person, right? Yep. Like I had a lot of weight to lose. A lot of people have a lot of weight to lose. And the weight really is in your mind, right? Mm-hmm. Not on your body. Right. Um, so I'm gonna say somebody's gonna still look at you, Kelsey, and be like, or Camille, both mm-hmm. of you, and be like, you guys, yeah, I get thirty to forty pounds, whatever, big deal, right? Most people are like I have a lot to lose. Right. And you still look, they're going to look at you visually and still say you both have it easier in your life because of the way that you look. Absolutely. Right? And how can you help me? How can you help? Because I don't look like that. Mm-hmm. I, you know, and how it's, it's so hard to focus on the qualities. And I thousand percent agree with you. Right. Mm-hmm. When you get, because it's all the changes in your mind, it's mm-hmm. a mind journey, change, not a physical fitness change right how do you so Camille like how do you combat somebody who comes to you and says yeah but Camille, you don't get it
0: yeah I I share with them a little bit of my story on how and, and I actually have had people straight up see my picture on the transformation challenge and say I want your starting picture that you looked great at your starting picture I want that and I was like yeah absolutely everyone has their own journey it's all about perspective but I was living a very unhealthy life when I first started. I worked at McDonald's for three years in high school and only moved because it was a part of my high school sports. And my eating habits weren't great, and my I didn't have any good habits. And, you know, any kind of change requires mental intensity. And so it, it's I went through the same process. My outcome and results were just very different. But – and I just want to highlight a little bit about – uh, it's almost more painful when you know better and you still don't do it what you're supposed to and yeah. I can attest to that personally um, even within this last one year very battled myself in terms of my desire to work out I have never been someone who needs the gym to feel good or you know whatever like some people just need it they like that working out Kels I feel like you're more on that side Um, I could be wrong um, I've never favored working out ever. And so this last year, I just got really burnt out about working out when we were opening the gym, I just didn't want to work out. So I just like didn't work out for a very long time. And preaching one thing to all of your clients and doing another as a very, uh, internal conflict. <laughs> um, but the only thing you can do, the only, the thing that I did is I recognize that my goals were different from my clients' goals, and therefore, my level of intensity at which I chase them is going to be respectively different. My goal was more centered on living a balanced lifestyle, and their goals. It are you know a little bit more time sensitive there's a lot more fire behind creating a change mine was more about maintenance in terms of where my fitness goals were at so i guess i just want to be the first to say that trainers are not perfect despite our appearance and i got to be honest we as trainers it's our goal it's our purpose to serve, to look, be the role model and we can peel back the curtain at times but our job is to show you what the best case scenario would be, I guess, and be able to, once we have that connection open up, I'll be the first to say, yes, I struggle too. I have, and I will, and I will show you how I get over it. I'm not immune to struggle, but I will show you how to get up and out of it faster than you would on your, on your own. Um, yeah, I guess that would be, it's, it's the same with the negative self-talk. That talk's not going to go away, but I can tell you how to trigger, notice it's going off track and give you a solution to get you back on track sooner than later. And that's the same for just bad habits. It's not going to get rid of them completely, but what we're going to do is recognize they're happening and provide a solution to get it closer to where we want to go or get it back on course, I guess.
1: So I think we are like 30 seconds, right? Um, what I think fundamentally is important for people to know is that time is going to pass you by, right? Mm-hmm. Regardless of whatever you do. So you might as well make...
0: Make the most of it. That is, and so we just fell off the meeting there, but it is never, never too late to start changing, to make something happen, to start changing your behaviors, to really move forward and to create new habits. I've listened to so many, so many people that have gotten into their life and they've turned their life around when they're 50, 60, 70 years old. It's never too late to start again, to start a new way of living. it is The time has never passed you up. It doesn't matter where you are in your life. The time has never passed you up to start improving on any area of your lifestyle. So I would encourage you to reach out to, if you've been thinking about, you know, you need change and you're looking for a little bit more direction and intention on how to create that change, then please reach out to any one of us. We are more than happy to help. Guide you in that direction. It is a big lifelong journey that happens for a lot of people, and we really have our best intention on how to coach and guide you through different scenarios and to keep you moving forward and keep you pointed in the right direction, build you up. Because at the end of the day, a lot of times we don't believe in ourselves enough. We need to have someone that believes in us more than we do, and that's what having a trainer can do for you, and that's what it did for me ultimately. Um, Put someone in your corner, put a group of people in your corner that has your best intentions in mind and is there to truly help you grow and succeed um, no matter what and and to keep you moving forward in the right direction. It's never too late to change. So I hope that this was helpful to give you a few different perspectives on the different challenges you can encounter during a weight loss journey or uh, just a shift in general. Um, but I hopefully this was helpful. And please, please, please reach out to any of us if you are looking for an ear to listen to um, or a, a helping hand. We are here to help. So thank you. Thank you. It's never too late to change. And we are all here waiting with arms open when you are. Have a wonderful rest of your day, wherever you are. And we hope you listen again soon.